Uh, the reading this morning, taken from Luke, chapter 14, and reading verses 25 to 35. That's Luke 14, 25 to 35, and that's available in your pew Bibles. They're on page 1047. Large crowds were travelling with Jesus, and turning to them, he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Or, suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't the first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is fit neither for the soil nor for the manure pile. It is thrown out. Whoever has ears to hear... Let them hear. This is the word of the Lord. This morning we come to the third in our series in Luke's Gospel. And our series is called Hearing the Call. And today the theme, The Cost of the Call. One of the things you have to say about Jesus, he was very forthright and bold in his preaching, wasn't he? He didn't sugarcoat it in any way. He came proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and it is indeed good news, but he never refrained from also explaining the cost of accepting that good news, the cost of joining the kingdom. Most organisations these days are guided by their public relations and marketing departments, and so they carefully craft their communication to emphasise all the positives and to completely dismiss any negatives as irrelevant. Uh, you can imagine, uh, can you imagine this? A politician uh, sacking their public relations department and telling the crowd exactly as it is. So they get up there and they say, if you vote for me, there's going to be higher taxes to pay for my promises. Uh, they say, the industry you're working for is not my priority. You may lose your job. Or, uh, and what's more, I want you to join my party and achieve the great vision we have you will have to leave your family and friends, go wherever the party sends you until we have won the victory and brought our vision to the land. So how many people are going to join that cause? How many people are going to vote for that politician? Probably not many. But isn't that what Jesus is asking people to do who join his movement? Jesus is saying it'll cost you everything. You have to be prepared to leave family, hate your own life even, and carry a cross. And back in those days, a cross wasn't just a nice piece of jewellery. It was actually an instrument of torture and execution. How did the disciples hear that? 
All they knew was what the Romans did with it. And he's saying, follow me. (laughs) Guess what? He's calling people to follow him and lay it all on the line. Imagine for a moment, though, rather than a politician calling people to deny themselves, that it's the leader of a great expedition. Imagine a remote village in the highlands has been struck by a terrible earthquake. People's homes have been destroyed, many have died, and most of the survivors are suffering from terrible injuries. Food supplies are dangerously low, and the people need help. The earthquake has made the track into the village extremely dangerous. The expedition has to forage its way along where the track used to be to bring the food, the shelter, the medical aid that they need. And the leader announces to the volunteers, if you want to come, you'll have to travel light so that, you'll have ma- so that we have maximum provisions for the villagers. What's left of the track is very steep and dangerous. It's not likely all of us will return. Write your last words to your loved ones and post them now. Are you up for the challenge? There's no time to delay. Come, follow me. Let's save these poor people before it's too late. Well, in that circumstance, you can understand the call to commitment, can't you? You can understand the call to sacrifice, to count the cost. And Jesus, of course, is much more like this second scenario. He's proclaiming a wonderful kingdom in which people are saved, saved from the ravages of sin, saved from the pangs of death, where no one has to feel threatened anymore or victimised or go without or suffer in any way. In fact, a place of God's shalom, God's peace, a beautiful kingdom. But Jesus is saying there is a cost to joining this kingdom, a cost to joining this movement. You have to put him first in everything, including family. Jesus, in fact, uh, here uses the very strong language of hating family compared to our allegiance to him. The Jewish rabbis had a tradition of using exaggerated language in order to make a point, and that's exactly what Jesus is doing here. In other places, Jesus taught people to honour their father and mother and parents to love their children. In the normal course of life, of course, that's the right thing to do, and that's what we hopefully naturally do. But there will be crunch times when you have to pray hard and make a choice. A Christian family contemplating missionary service has to count the cost of moving away from family, of taking grandchildren to places where their grandparents won't see them so often. I'm sure the Collings family had to carefully weigh that up when they accepted the call to Morumbah, when they come from Sydney and that's where their family and connections would be. Or likewise, the Lovell family hearing the call to serve at George Whitfield College in South Africa when all their friends and family are here in Australia. Or Margie Granger serving in Thailand. There is a cost for her, but we know there's also a cost for Phil and Margaret. And we love them and stand with them as they're part of that cost of serving Jesus in Thailand, their daughter so far away. I also think of the horrible circumstances in so many countries around the world at the moment where Christians are martyred. Uh, In many cases, these people have the opportunity to renounce their Christian faith, to embrace the faith of their attackers 
and then they could go back to their families. But they choose to hold on to their faith in Christ and they trust their families to Christ's care. Jesus says in uh, chapter 21 of Luke, they will seize you and persecute you. They will hand you over to the synagogues and put you in prison and you'll be brought before kings and governors and all on account of my name and they will put some of you to death. So you see, Jesus was very upfront about the possible cost of following him. We don't think this way in Australia, do we? But in many parts of the world, the reality of embracing Christ uh, is martyrdom. Now, when you first read this passage, uh, the impression I got was that this is for someone thinking about following Jesus. Someone, like there's crowds with him uh, and they're obviously considering his teaching uh, they're making a decision, is this something I want for my life? Will I follow? And Jesus is giving them, uh, making them fully aware of all the implications if they make that decision. But it's interesting that at the end of the passage, we get this teaching about salt. Salt losing its saltiness. And that seems to be talking to people who have been followers for some time. Uh, And maybe now have grown cold and not out there for Jesus as much as they were at the beginning. You know, we sometimes talk about salty saints, don't we? That's a keen Christian. (laughs) But sometimes the keenness wanes. Uh, And Jesus is warning against that. And so he's perhaps saying also, if you've been on the journey for a while, what's the level of your saltiness? Are you still out there on the edge for Jesus like you were at the beginning? Uh, Have you counted the cost recently? What's it cost you recently? Have you taken that on and are you still following in that keen way? So whether you're just starting out, whether you're here this morning and you're thinking about who Jesus is and could you trust your life to him or whether you've been going for a while, what Jesus says here today applies to all of us. I want you to think back to our reading from last week, the parable of the great banquet. The invited guest knocked back the invitation, didn't they? They made various excuses. And so the host tells his servants to go out and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame. Now, at one level, of course, this is a story about God inviting us to come to his banquet and warning us to not make excuses. But another level, it's just a human story. It's the story of a man who I think has understood the radical nature of Jesus' call. He's cottoned on that the kingdom is for everyone, for the lowest as well as the highest. He, you see, he was about to have a beautiful dinner with the well-off people, with his friends and family, those who he knew, people who probably could have returned the invitation. But now, you see, he's associating with the lowly and the poor, And in the society he was living in, it probably meant a great loss of face, a loss of honour to do that. It would have cost him something to take that action. But he's now living out the values of the kingdom by mixing in a different social circle, different social class. And his actions show what it truly means to hear the call of Jesus and to do something quite different from the mainstream. Uh, This host knows what it means to count the cost. 
And so Jesus goes on to tell two stories which illustrate something of the practicalities of counting the cost in verses 28 to 33. And firstly, there's the building illustration. Uh, If you want to build a tower, you better make sure you've got a good quantity surveyor who has done the costings well. Because uh, this, is a, this is an illustration that shows how literally you have to count the cost uh, if you want to complete your project on budget. Uh, if you haven't carefully counted those costs and the money runs out, uh, you come a cropper. And many a developer has, has been in that scenario. But likewise, with faith in Christ, be aware from the beginning that there is a cost. And make sure you've taken that into account if you decide to follow him. But secondly, there's the illustration of the king going out to war against another king. Now, before any leader considers going to war, they carefully weigh up the size of their army compared to the size of the opposition army. And they also assess all the other internal and international political ramifications and and what might happen. And only when they've done a full cost-benefit analysis and decided that the benefits of going to war outweigh the costs, do they then engage in the battle? Now, an obvious example of failure in this regard at the moment, of course, is Vladimir Putin. He has grossly miscalculated the cost of going to war in Ukraine. And sadly, that's a a tragic and terrible cost for Ukraine, but it is also an enormous cost for Russia and the ordinary people of Russia. Absolutely tragic. But the simple lesson for discipleship is don't enter into the spiritual battle unless you've considered that there is going to be a cost and you're prepared to pay it. Now, someone who at the moment is in the thick of the spiritual battle uh, is Andrew Thorburn, former CEO of the National Australia Bank and now former CEO of Essendon Football Club after I think only about 30 hours. Um, I don't, as you and Linda uh, shared this morning, um, and as I noted, you've all heard that news. Um, And the reason, of course, that he was booted out of the Essendon Football Club was because he's chairman of the board of City on a Hill Anglican Church in Melbourne. And that has to do with that church's conservative view about homosexuality and abortion. Uh, I'm sure we're all aware of this growing anti-Christian tide in Australia, aren't we? Uh, It means that there is now a cost to following Jesus in Australia. It may mean a a gentle ribbing on social occasions, or it can now mean loss of employment. Uh, And then the whole political firestorm uh, of the media around you as well. So are you hearing the call of Jesus and are you aware that increasingly there will be a cost? Jesus is not calling for spectators, he's calling for recruits to join the mission. People who will actively stand up and be counted for him. And that cost of making a public stand for Jesus in Australia is rising. Now, Winston Churchill, back in June 1940, that was the time when Germany was marching through Europe and all the countries around about were just falling like ten pins. He looked invincible And uh, Churchill gave one of his famous speeches, and he said this. He said, we shall not flag or fail. We shall go on to the end. We shall fight in France. We shall fight on the seas and the oceans. 
We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall defend our island, whatever the cost may be. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. Until, in God's good time, the new world, with all its power and might, steps forth to rescue and liberate the old. Winston Churchill uses those words, whatever the cost may be. And the cost is enormous in war, isn't it? It's enormous in World War II. But the cost of being a Christian is enormous too at the moment in Nigeria, Pakistan, Afghanistan and many other countries around the world. Whatever cost we're asked to pay in Australia, it's really piecemeal, isn't it? Piecemeal compared to our brothers and sisters in other places. My friends, to sum up this morning, uh, the call of Jesus is the call to belong to the kingdom. And we need to see it as a great adventure. Not just for people who want to play it safe, but people who want to get out there and take risks and live the mission. Uh, it's a bit like that, the call of that leader in the expedition that I mentioned at the beginning. Uh, there's a great mission a- a- ahead of us and God's calling us to go out and announce his salvation. But he's also saying there'll be a cost. Are you prepared to be called names because you also wear the name Christian? Are you prepared to be written off as a God-botherer? Are you content being in the minority, the odd one out? Can you hear the call to stand up for Jesus, living to love and proclaim Jesus? And are you prepared to count the cost? Amen.